All right, guys, welcome to today's episode of the Lockdown SEC Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and on today's episode of the podcast, we preview Saturday's matchups in SEC basketball, the regular season finale uh, for all 14 teams, and a lot on the line in terms of SEC tournament seeding as well as NCAA tournament seeding. So uh, should be uh, some very intriguing games, and uh, knowing that uh, a lot of these spots in terms of seeding in the SEC tournament, still up for grabs uh, heading into the final game of the regular season. Uh, that tells you sort of what type of season it's been in the SEC. But we'll start uh, with Auburn uh, playing at Tennessee. Uh, the Tigers now a number six seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. The Vols have moved into the bubble conversation as we expected with the back-to-back wins against Florida and Kentucky. And um, this is a a big opportunity for Tennessee. There's no other way to put it when you consider that this team a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, they lost that game to South Carolina. Tennessee, we felt like, was sort of played its way off of the bubble. Uh, But now, with back-to-back wins uh, against two projected NCAA tournament teams, as well as the regular season SEC champion, um, the Vols are right back in the mix. And they still have work to do, but uh, a win here against Auburn, could be huge for Rick Barnes' team uh, in terms of trying to make that push for an at-large bid. Uh, Go back to the previous meeting between the two teams. Tennessee, as we remember, had a big lead uh, against Auburn. I think they were up 17 with uh, around 14 minutes to go. The Tigers rallied, won that game. Uh, Tennessee turned it over 24 times, um, and it was just one of those games. We, We went back and sort of looked at it, And it was just, you know, Tennessee should have won that game. That's how a lot of people felt. Uh, But Auburn made the plays. They rallied. And uh, that was one where, let's say Tennessee does win that game. Uh, We're having a different conversation about the balls in terms of where they stand in the NCAA tournament uh, right now. But this is still another game where I think you look at it, it's Auburn playing away from home. And that has become a, a concern when you look at the Tigers. It's just how they've been such a different team away from home and they've played a lot of close games you know even though the games they've won they've been close games and so um it's it's concerning and I, I as i said in the previous episode for the people who have have doubted auburn have thought that maybe they're not as good as their record um i i still think this is a team that can win multiple games in the ncaa tournament but you also have to look at the argument that uh, they are becoming a hard team to trust just like a lot of teams in the sec are right now uh, because they just don't play well away from home and that's where I coming into this game I think you look at the Vols they have a lot of confidence they have a lot of momentum John Fulkerson coming off of that big game in Kentucky Tennessee as a whole with with all this confidence winning at Rep Arena it's one of two ways they can either have a letdown here against an Auburn team that's trying to bounce back after the loss to Texas A&M or we could see Tennessee come out continue their hot streak and get another victory here I'm going to pick the latter and pick Tennessee 64, Auburn 61. Um, just combining those two things together, how well Tennessee's played these past two games, plus the fact that Auburn has struggled on the road and is coming off of a really disappointing home loss to Texas A&M. Uh, you, you combine all those things, and it does feel like a pretty good setup for Tennessee here, especially based on how they played uh, for a good chunk of that first game between these two and maybe being able to, to try to do more of the things they did early on in that game uh, versus the things they did uh, later on in that game that allowed Auburn uh, to make its rally. So a uh, big spot for both teams, knowing what's 
on the line, you know, a lot on the line for Auburn in terms of seeding in the tournament. Same for Tennessee, trying to make their push for the NCAA tournament. Uh, so big game here uh, in Knoxville between these two. Uh, South Carolina is at Vanderbilt. This is an important game for the Gamecocks because uh, they are among the next four out in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. So um, they're still, you know, obviously have work to do. And that's where we go back when we've talked about bubble teams over the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's who you beat. And, you know, that's what's going to matter here is a win against Vanderbilt is still not going to do much for South Carolina. It's not just going to magically jump them into the NCAA tournament, have them jump, you know, four or five other bubble teams. That's just not going to happen. So it seems like the most likely scenario is that South Carolina is going to go into the SEC tournament. If they win this game, they'll go in probably needing a couple wins, and it probably depends on who they play against uh, to even be in that spot because they're still going to be on that next four out line. So if you're a Gamecocks fan, you're going to be rooting against all these other bubble teams because that's going to allow you to move forward as long as you win games. And that comes back to this game. They have to win this game or none of that really matters. Then you have to win the SEC tournament uh, to get in. Uh, but uh, you look back at the first game these two played, South Carolina won it by 26, but we have to remember this was really before the Commodores started to play better after Aaron Neesmith's injury. Um, this was just a game where South Carolina controlled it and pulled away in just a, a dominant victory. Uh, the Commodores were just 5 of 30 from three-point range in that game. And I think that's got to be a much different sort of scenario here for Vanderbilt. They have to hit threes. But they also have to try to get to the free throw line uh, because of that trend we've talked about with South Carolina uh, being the team that fouls the most in the SEC. And for Vanderbilt, a team that you know, we've seen them really come along on offense. That showed in the game against Alabama. I mean, Saban Lee goes without saying that, that he has become one of the, the top playmakers in the SEC. And I think this is another opportunity for him to showcase that against the South Carolina team that is still pretty good on defense, even with all their fouling, um, they still are a solid defensive team. It's just they could be an even better defensive team if they limit some of their fouls, and that's going to be important in a game like this. Um, Depth-wise, South Carolina's a deeper team. Uh, we mentioned in that game against Alabama, Vanderbilt playing with only six scholarship players. Um, you would think, matchup-wise, if you just go by that, uh, the Gamecocks should win this game. And I'm going to pick South Carolina 78 Vanderbilt 74. I do think this is going to be a pretty close game because Vanderbilt is coming off of that, you know, very emotional win against Alabama uh, based on, on all the stuff we talked about with the tornadoes here in Nashville and, and Saban Lee's performance. I just, this is a team that's come so far and I know they only have two wins in SEC play, but we have to look at their, their overall, uh, you know, body of work here and They've played in a lot of close games. They just don't have the depth right now. And, you know, not having Aaron Neesmith, that's that's the biggest thing you still look at. Even Cleavon Brown, someone um, who I don't think a lot of people expected to, to be out for the rest of the season when he first got injured. So um, a team that just hasn't had its full roster but yet has made a lot of strides. And I, just to say it again, to repeat it, uh, you have to give Jerry Stackhouse and his, his staff credit for what they've been able to do with this team this year. And I think it'll be another hard-fought game, uh, but it's one that South Carolina absolutely has to win. I think you have to pick the Gamecocks uh, in the spot for that reason. 
But coming up, uh, we will look at the big showdown in Gainesville between Florida and Kentucky. Uh, LSU trying to get back on track after another lackluster defensive performance. And uh, the same, really, for Alabama as it travels to Missouri um, in what is a a pretty fascinating matchup when you consider uh, where those two teams are at right now. And we'll get into those games uh, coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And Kentucky will travel to Gainesville uh, to take on Florida and um, the rematch between these two from a couple weeks ago. And really, both teams have a lot to play for here. Uh, For Kentucky, they need to get back on track uh, for their NCAA tournament seeding after losing that game uh, against Tennessee. Still the regular season champion. That's not going to change. They're going to be the number one seed in the SEC tournament. But still think it's a pretty important game for Kentucky because uh, you don't want to go into the SEC tournament losing two straight to your two biggest rivals, uh, arguably. Um, and, and that wouldn't be you know a great place, I think, for Kentucky to be in heading into the tournament. Uh, and again, it's going to affect their seeding as well. So it's an important game for the Cats, also an important game for Florida because they could potentially wind up with a number two seed in the SEC tournament, depending on how things play out here. Um, so, and also for Florida, I mean, you, you have to look at their NCAA tournament seeding too, because um, you know it, it took a bit of a hit after the Tennessee game. They rebounded against Georgia, uh, but they don't want to probably fall too far um, out of that range. I think right now they're they're a nine seed. Um, so still the potential that Florida could could fall back this game, even if they were to lose it. I don't think it's going to hurt their resume too much, but um, you know, it's for Florida too. We, we mentioned momentum with Kentucky. For Florida, this would be a big momentum boost heading into the SEC tournament as a team that, that could, again, be the number two seed and potentially win the SEC tournament if they play up uh, to their potential. So uh, how does Kentucky bounce back here? And, and I think you, you look at the previous game uh, between these two, you know, Emmanuel quickly sort of took over as he has many times throughout SEC play. Uh, he had 26 points. And for the Gators, on the flip side, the two players that are going to define this game, uh, Keontae Johnson for, for, for Florida and Emmanuel quickly. Uh, obviously for Kentucky. So I think these two players, and really you look at Keontae Johnson, we've mentioned that the double-doubles he's racked up. Florida's just a better team whenever he becomes you know, a main focus here and is able to be someone that they really focus on, um, you know, his aggressive nature, uh, just the way he plays. I think Florida has to make sure that uh, he has the ball in his hands a lot in this game, and uh, he's just someone that, that has continued to improve and make plays, and uh, he's going to have to do that to be able to help Florida win this game against Kentucky. Um, so going to be a pretty, uh, you know, big game for, for those two players in particular, but for everyone else too. Uh, based on what's at stake for both of these teams. Um, you know, the matchup itself, we saw it. it. It was just sort of a grinded out type of game in Lexington. You would probably expect more of the same here uh, because we know these two can be pretty good defensive teams when they want to be. Um, but also Florida's offense is going to probably be the main theme here. And also Florida cannot afford uh, to have a really slow start against a team like Kentucky. Uh, we've mentioned the slow starts the Gators have had in some of their games. Um, they can't afford that here. You know, they can't have a first half like they did against Tennessee. Um, so it's going to be really important that, that Florida comes out with that uh, you know, aggressive mindset, build off of the win at Georgia, and I think they're going to do that. And I'm going to pick Florida 65, Kentucky 63. Should be a great game. Should be one of the best games of the day in the SEC, um, knowing what these games are like between these two. But uh, Florida had their chances to win this game you know, at Rupp. I mean, they, they rallied late, uh, nearly had a chance to win it, but uh, I think they may be able to get that opportunity to, to, to get their revenge 
revenge uh, in this game, but uh, should be a good one, and uh, we'll see kind of where both teams stand after this one. Georgia is at LSU, and uh, one of the I uh, did a, a radio spot um, this week, and uh, someone asked me, you know, what what can LSU fans expect from Anthony Edwards the first time these two teams have played this season, and what can can people expect? Well, I think they could expect a lot of points if LSU doesn't guard and and that goes back to the same thing with LSU we mentioned all these potential flaws that could hold back some of these SEC teams in the NCAA tournament for LSU it's the defense and it seems like we've said that 50 times now this season but it just continues to be the one thing that is holding them back from being a team that can get back to the Sweet 16 and I think it's hard to know what you're going to get from LSU in this game, uh, especially going up against someone like Anthony Edwards that, that could legitimately come out and score 40-something points here uh, if LSU doesn't guard well enough. And so, um, you know, we just the same thing with the Tigers. You know, they give up 50 points one game to Texas A&M. They turn around and give up 99 to Arkansas. And the, the positive, I guess you could say, for Will Wade's team is that they've been much better at home than they have on the road when it comes to, to defense um, because they do have that long streak of giving up 80 or more points on the road. But they're back, you know, at the PMAC here, and and that's at least uh, probably a positive for this LSU team because they're still third nationally in offensive efficiency, and that's why even when they do give up so many points, they still find themselves in a lot of these games because they're just so good on offense. Um, And when you look at it, Georgia, you know, they haven't been great at defending inside the arc. They rank 268th nationally in two-point defense, which is where LSU likes to get their scoring. Not a great three-point shooting team. And so if LSU can can just attack like they usually do, um, the numbers at least suggest that, that Georgia hasn't done a great job of, of stopping opponents in there. So uh, that's going to play to LSU's favor. Um, and, and I think you just, you know, LSU has to be able to, to get some momentum back here because um, they just, they have had no consistency. And, and that's something, that's why they're sitting there. I think they're also at a nine seed right now, but they could potentially I think fall a little bit further than than Florida could at this point. Um, Certainly if you lose a game like this, uh, Florida losing to Kentucky would be completely different than LSU losing to Georgia. Um, So it's really, you know, it's a significant game for LSU because they have to find a way to get back uh, on track and at least go into the SEC tournament feeling a little bit better about where they're at. Uh, I'm going to pick LSU 92, Georgia 85. Yes, you would expect this to be a high-scoring game because that's what we've seen uh, from LSU. And really, with Georgia, think about this too. We mentioned uh, you know, the Tigers only giving up 50 to Texas A&M, then bouncing back, giving up 99 to Arkansas. Um, you know, Georgia's coming off of their lowest scoring effort of the season against Florida. So um, how do they bounce back? I think it's just two teams that that really, you know, didn't necessarily didn't play very well in, in their previous games, and uh, you have them going up against each other. And, and for LSU, uh, just a, a, a big game here because uh, they can't afford to lose this game uh, because they could, you know, their, their stock could start falling pretty quickly uh, in the NCAA tournament. And right now, they can't really afford that too much uh, heading into the SEC tournament. So uh, I'll pick the Tigers, but uh, just you don't know what to expect. And if you're an Anthony Edwards fan, uh, this could be a game because uh, if LSU LSU doesn't uh, defend him very well. Uh, he could have uh, one of the best games of the season. And speaking of teams trying to get back on track, uh, both Alabama and Missouri will try to do that as Alabama plays at Missouri. Um, two other teams here that uh, really hard to know what to expect from them heading into this game. Alabama coming off the deflating loss to Vanderbilt uh, that now puts them out of the NCAA tournament conversation unless they win the SEC tournament. 
Meanwhile, Missouri um, had their chances at Ole Miss, but just could not find enough offense, and really that that led to not being able to find enough defense uh, down the stretch uh, in that game. Uh, so both teams trying to, to get back on track here. You look back at the first game all the way back, uh, I believe it was in mid-January, uh, Alabama won it by 14 in Tuscaloosa. Uh, if we remember, that's the game that Missouri uh, hit all 31 of their free throws. Um, and the Tide, meanwhile, if you look at their stats, the one that stood out for them, uh, which I thought was very intriguing, uh, Alabama hit 12 at 17 shots from two-point range. Um, they also made a lot of threes in that game, but to be that efficient, with their shots from inside the arc, uh, that was important to their success in that one, and it's going to be important to their success, I think, moving forward, uh, if they want to have a chance to, to make a deep run in the SEC tournament, potentially make things very interesting. Um, they, they just, you know, when the threes aren't falling, they have to find other ways to score. Uh, but for the bigger part of that uh, is their defense. They can't play defense in this game like they did against Vanderbilt, because if they do that, we've seen Missouri play well at home at times. You know, the Florida game to me is the one that keeps standing out as well as the game against Auburn. Um, When Missouri is at home and and things start clicking for them, um, they can score a lot of points. And I think for Alabama, they just, they got to defend here because you can't come out and just assume that this is a Missouri team that despite struggling on offense, that they're just going to come out and and not be able to hit anything. Uh, If you give them open shots, uh, they may have a chance to to hit some of them, Uh, even though that hasn't exactly been something that they, that's been a strong suit for them. Um, it's just Alabama's got to, to defend better. It seems like with Alabama and LSU here lately, um, it's just these two teams have to find a way to, to defend their opponents better, and that's going to be uh, important in this one. And we go back to what I said about Alabama. Um, you know, what happens if the threes aren't falling? Missouri's 16th nationally in three-point field goal defense. So um, they haven't made it easy for opponents to be able to, to knock down threes at an efficient rate. Um, Alabama's probably still going to put a lot of them up based on their playing style. They're going to get a lot of shots. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just if Missouri's guarding that well, Alabama's got to find a way to, to maybe do what they did in the previous game uh, where they were that efficient from inside and also try to get to the free throw line. Uh, that's going to be big, too. We've mentioned Missouri's fouling issues uh, as well. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's sort of a, a game that it's really hard to predict with these two uh, because you, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. They, they've been inconsistent, and uh, it's hard to know what to expect for Alabama the big thing is defense for Missouri. Um, yes, I know their defense hasn't been perfect, but the, the bigger part of it is just I think these these stretches of offense where they just really have a hard time scoring. Uh, so when you when you put that to, together with these two, you know who knows what you're going to get in a game like this. Uh, but uh, I guess I'll I'll make Alabama fans happy. Going back to the the joke we've had about when I pick against Alabama, they seemingly win. Um, and when I pick them, sometimes they seem to lose. Um, I'm going to pick Missouri 75, Alabama 73. I just I don't really know what Alabama's mindset's going to be here. I know Nate Oates had some very strong comments after the game about still you know the culture of this this team and this program and trying to change that. But, you know, they're not on the bubble now. Uh, You know, does that make them play a little bit looser, perhaps? And maybe that, you know, allows them to to go in and get a win like this. But uh, we've seen Missouri play better at home. When you you look at it that way, you know, maybe the Tigers are the the better pick uh, in this game. But uh, coming up, uh, we will uh, look at uh, really what is one of the more uh, intriguing matchups on Saturday's slate in the SEC. And I'm not sure we thought we'd be saying that uh, several weeks ago when it comes to uh, Texas A&M hosting Arkansas. 
plus uh, the rematch between uh, the two rivals in Mississippi as uh, Ole Miss will head to Mississippi State with a lot on the line for the Bulldogs uh, in that one. But uh, we'll get into those coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Arkansas is at Texas A&M in a game that, as we said, sort of teased it, a game that's a lot bigger than than we expected it to be probably at this point in the season. Um, These two teams played, you'd have to go all the way back to the first game of SEC play, so completely different teams based on where they're at at this point. Arkansas won that game by 10. We mentioned how much is on the line for a lot of these other SEC teams. Uh, You could say the same thing here for both of these teams, more so for Arkansas when uh, we, we consider that, that they are still in must-win mode. Every game is a must-win at this point. Uh, for them, I don't think they can finish 7-11 and in SEC play and, and try to convince the committee that they deserve to be in and as an at-large, despite you know the difference being you know those games that they didn't have with Isaiah Joe. But it's going to be a hard sell if you're 7-11. 8-10? Maybe you're a little bit closer to being able to sell that uh, and maybe not have to win the SEC tournament to get in. But uh, either way, it's a must win for Arkansas. They have to win this game, and it's going to be a lot easier said than done considering that Texas A&M is coming off of that win at Auburn. Uh, the, the big thing here is going to be for Arkansas, and we've said this in a lot of the other games this season, is limiting offensive rebounding opportunities, second-chance opportunities for Texas A&M, I think that's going to be important for Arkansas in this one. Uh, Josh Nebo, he had a pretty good game the first time these two teams played. And when we look at the size advantage that A&M is going to have here, um, as you know, a lot of teams have had this year against Arkansas, this could be a game that, that, that they really could, could turn their attention to Josh Nebo. He could be someone that adds some points uh, while also dominating the boards. Uh, so it's going to be important for the Razorbacks to, to really focus in on Josh Nebo, not allow him uh, to have a huge game here. Uh, and really, this is, I mean, you know, you, you can do the stats all you want, and that's going to be sort of the same thing we talk about with this next game. Uh, but this is just a game between two teams that, you know, have really come along. And I know Arkansas, as we've said, uh, without Isaiah Joe, but now having him back on the court, um, they, they have, they've made progress. And I know that loss at Georgia was one that's going to stand out and ultimately could be the game that keeps them out of the NCAA tournament, depending on how they finish the season. Um, but all in all, I mean, Arkansas is still a better team with Isaiah Joe. We know that. And we saw what they were able to do uh, against LSU. And I think their mindset in that game was the bigger part. And that was the most impressive because they they were the aggressor. And, and I, that's what they have to be again here. They look like a desperate team that knew they had to have a victory to play their way into the NCAA tournament. And so if they come out with that same mindset here, uh, you're playing against a much better defensive team, uh, but it would serve Arkansas well to come out with that same sort of intensity they did in that LSU game. Uh, but, you know, we also, like I mentioned, we just we can't ignore – what the Aggies have done. All the wins they have on the road this season, so impressed with the teams they've been able to beat. They're not just beating bad teams. like They have beaten good teams on the road, and that makes them dangerous. Uh, and, you know, I've I've picked against Texas A&M a lot this season, and I, I really am, I think this is going to be an exciting game. So I'm actually going to pick Texas A&M here, uh, 72-71, like I said, because I feel like I picked against them so much, but at some point you have to buy in to what Buzz Williams has been able to do there, and I do think at this point if they win this game against Arkansas, he's probably your SEC Coach of the Year at least. If, if I had to vote, I would probably pick Buzz Williams, and quite honestly, even if they lose this game, uh, he's still 
probably the front runner. If you if you don't vote John Calipari, uh, I think it's probably Buzz Williams, uh, just based on how far this team has come. What an impressive job he's done in his first season there and uh if they're able to win this game and finish 10 and 8 in league play uh after the start they had this season uh would be one of the the most uh, impressive stories probably in college basketball this season uh but should be a good game but uh i'll take texas a&m by a point here uh even though this is a, a pretty much a toss-up and uh there's no doubt that that arkansas winning on the road probably wouldn't surprise uh, many people and then it's Ole miss at mississippi state a revenge game here for the Bulldogs. Um, he probably just threw out the stats with this one, too. We just said it with Arkansas and A&M. Uh, this just, should just be a good college basketball game, I think, based on uh, these two teams, a rivalry game, um, and it's just about winning for Mississippi State, just like it is for Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State just has to keep winning, and uh, they want to try to do the things they didn't do in the first game because uh, we remember back to that game, Ole Miss won by 25 in Oxford, uh, Mississippi State went just 2 of 16 from three-point range in that game. This is not a team that we expect to get the majority of their points from three-point range anyways, but that did not help, only hitting two of them. Uh, the biggest standout from that game was Brian Tyree. He scored 40, uh, just a dominant performance from him. And, um, you know, Mississippi State would love to prevent that in this game because uh, Brian Tyree going for 40 is not going to be a recipe for success in terms of uh, trying to win this game and stay on the NCAA tournament bubble. And we said it with Arkansas, what they did against LSU and what they need to do against Texas A&M, it's the same for Mississippi State. Mississippi State just has to come out as the aggressor here because um, it's a team we've said all season long, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism. You've got a star in Reggie Perry, um, and you've got all these other guys that have come along around him. Uh, they just need to come out in that aggressive sort of fashion and take control of this game early on because the thing is when you play against a team like Ole Miss that has a star player that can take over a game at any time, if you let teams like that hang around, then you have what Brian Tyree did in terms of just completely taking over a game by himself with a 40-point game in the first meeting between these two and that's what happens if you let these teams hang around. So Mississippi State, uh, they have to be, uh, you know, aggressive right off the bat. Uh, they have to to try to, you know, play their style of game here. We know what Ole Miss is going to try to do defensively, um, and they're very good at that at times. Uh, so, and they, and they, you know, they did a good job at the first meeting, being able to hold them to 58 points. So it's key that Mississippi State comes out, uh, you know, doesn't let this this Ole Miss team just sort of hang around because I think in that scenario, uh, that confidence from that first game, uh, winning by 25, I think Brian Tyree already knows uh, what he's capable of doing against this Mississippi State team. So, uh, you know, Mississippi State has to, to be the team. Uh, that, that understands what's at stake here. And uh, I'll pick them to, to understand that. I'll pick Mississippi State uh, 81, Ole Miss 74. I uh, think it should be a fun game. Uh, rivalry games always are. Uh, but uh, Mississippi State needing a win here uh, to be able to stay on the NCAA tournament bubble. Uh, so uh, I think they should uh, be able to find a way to do that, but it won't be easy uh, against uh, Brian Tyree-led Ole Miss team. But uh, that'll wrap up this episode of Locked on SEC Podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Have any podcast app you use, just search for Locked On SEC. And uh, again, if you enjoy the podcast, take a few seconds, just leave a quick five star rating review. That helps the show reach more people. Uh, for everything else, you can find me on Twitter at the Blake Level. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the games uh, on Saturday, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.